into Punch Radio, and we have a jam-packed agenda for you today. Uh, we have in the studio Brennan, we have Kathy, Tony, myself, Jody. We will be hearing from Craig and Hank in a little bit, and we have a special guest in studio today. We have Brad Dawson, and uh, Tony and Brad are going to talk about his superpowers collection. So that's coming up in the show. First, we're gonna get a little tune in from uh, Craig and Hank on what's happening at Sask Expo this weekend. Um, we got some big news to share. And as part of that, Brennan is gonna clue you in on some really good podcasts. And uh, there's been some good books that came out this week, one that I'm especially excited to tell you about. So uh, stay tuned for all that and more. First up to bat, we have Craig and Hank. Thanks, Jody. Yes, Hank and Craig here uh, making some radio. Uh, if you want to find us on social media, you can go to at Craig Siliphant or at Hank and Kelso. Uh, so I understand, uh, Hank, that you saw a very uh, good show this week. Okay. We haven't talked about this one yet. City on a Hill. Showtime Crave TV. Have you seen it? I have not. Okay. So this one... Set in Boston in the early 90s, complete with the 90s outfits, uh, with corruption, violence, and taking it to the street was the norm until it all suddenly changed. It's a fictional of ca- account of what was called the Boston Miracle, which was an attempt uh, at lawmakers in the city of Boston and a bunch of public officials and everybody to try to, I guess, combat the gun violence and especially the youth gun violence that was happening. But this is a fictional account. Right. Fictional. So District Attorney DeCourcy Ward, who comes from Brooklyn, he forms an unlikely alliance with Jackie Rohr, who's played by Kevin Bacon, who's a corrupt yet venerated FBI agent who's deeply invested in maintaining the status quo. And together they take on a family of armored car robbers from Charlestown. And around this area, nobody talks, okay? There's no rats. So it turns into this whole thing. (laughs) So originally I thought it was going to be all about the Boston miracle. They're setting that up. So the first season is all about the relationship between um, the FBI dude, uh, the district attorney guy, and how they're going to take down these bank robbers, armored car robbers, which slowly is setting the stage for season two. It's been renewed. Um, But if you love Kevin Bacon, who doesn't? Who doesn't? If you love things about Boston with the accents and everything, crime. Okay, I armored, love crime. Armored car robberies. Yeah. This is the show for you. Okay, season two, it's going to come up. Showtime, already been renewed, so you're safe to watch all of season one. So is there a lot of, like, armored car robberies in it? Is it, like, heat or the town or? This is, uh, it's a slow burn um, where um, it takes a while to really pick up pace. But sure. th- there's a few robberies, okay, and uh, a few uh Few bad, a few violent things happen in the show, but I don't want to ruin any more. I don't want right. to ruin All it. Right. Fair but enough. But it's actually it's worth watching. Um, Hank and Kelso, we're going to give it an eighty-seven out of a hundred. That's what we're going to well, do. You, it. you had me at Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, oh, that Kevin Bacon. Speaking of television shows, I mentioned uh, the Righteous Gemstones, and now you've watched it. What do you think? Uh, I I've just watched the first episode. And? Uh, and I I mean, we'll see where it goes, but I loved the first episode. I mean, uh, it's an HBO show, so I'm like I've said many times, I'm willing to give I'll give anything by HBO a watch, even if it's not something that would necessarily appeal to me, like uh, Sarah Jessica, Par- Jessica Parker in Divorce. You know, I watched a bunch of that because it's HBO. It's HBO. Uh, so, yeah, man, I mean, I, you, you set this up a few weeks ago, but it's basically about a 
uh, like super church fam. What do you call those? Like evangelical, evangelical super yeah. church family, uh, kind of like Jim Baker or something from you know back in the day. But this is uh, John Goodman's the head of the family, and uh, Adam Devine and um, Kenny Powers. Uh, Kenny Powers. What's, it, what's his? Uh, uh, Danny McBride. Danny McBride, who plays Danny McBride, playing Danny yeah. McBride, <laughs> yeah. playing Danny McBride. He's perfect in everything. He's Danny McBride. Yeah. So they're the uh, the the sons, really, and it's. Uh, you know, setting up this story about like these like super rich uh, people that are moving into this t- super rich like evangelical uh, church that is moving into this town, and uh, there's you know some resistance from like Dermot Mulrooney or Dylan McDermott or whoever that was. Yeah, gonna going to uh, try to run the small church out of business. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so uh, I thought the first episode was really funny. I mean, maybe if you're one of those people that's like, I hate Danny McBride, I don't even like anything about him and his sense of humor is stupid, maybe you wouldn't like it because it is written, created, and directed by Danny McBride. But I would say it's it's also not quite as goofball as Eastbound and Down. Like, it has that element to it here and there. Uh, But it also is, I think it's deeper than that in places. Like, there are, you know, it's a lot of funny stuff and a lot of goofy stuff, but there is... just wait till you see what's been happening. Nice. Yeah, Yeah, well, I've just had, just watched the first episode. And John Goodman is in it. John Goodman is awesome. Just, just watch. It. Yeah, John Goodman's in it. So yeah, I would uh, definitely say. I mean, just I've just seen the first episode, but uh, I I really enjoyed it, and I can't wait to see more. Um, so we still have a few minutes left here, and we wanted to talk about Sask Expo, which uh, is happening this weekend at Prairieland Park, uh, and it's the you know the big uh, entertainment expo with uh, you know celebrities and art and toys and premium art, premium VIP art. There's art, then there's premium, premium art. art. Uh, celebrities and VIP, VIP celebrities, celebrities. Uh, and so both of us uh, uh, to to give you full disclosure both uh, Hank and I have a little bit uh, to do with this we're uh, not the organizers or anything but we help uh, Mike and I can't and take Chris that out. stress no 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 that yeah it'd be crazy to put together I just if show I had up hair, uh, it would fall out it's not good yeah I just show stress. up and uh, you know look at so cool art and host panels so you get to host the Billy D panel Yes. On the weekend, Saturday, I think, right? Yeah, Saturday. I think it's at noon, but uh, yeah, hosting a panel with uh, Billy D. Williams, uh, Colt 45, and Star Trek, The Empire Strikes so Back. So hit us with, uh, what are some of the questions? What, what are some of the, like, the hardball, the hard-hitting questions you're going to ask uh, Billy D.? Well, I'm still uh, looking at some of that research, but one of the interesting, one of the interesting things for, something, for a panel like this is... Uh, not only is Billy D like 82 years old, uh, but he, you know, he's going to be in the new Star Wars, which is great. Uh, but like, I have to imagine that there's a balance between he, he must be sick of talking about Star Wars and Lando. They make a movie like 40 years ago, and then people just constantly mention it to them all day, every day, all the time. Uh, now, you know, he. It's obviously like, you know, been a bit of bread and butter in his oh, career. Oh, he's getting paid. Yeah. But he's also, you know, he's very into painting and other creative things. So it's finding a balance between like making him happy a little bit so that he has fun, but also making the audience happy because they want to hear about Lando. They want to hear about that stuff. So uh, finding a good balance uh, between questions like that. And I mean, to be honest, I do a lot of research and I come up with like 30 or 40 questions, but sometimes if the audience is good and they're clicking, like I, I let the audience ask all the questions and I don't really have to do much. So uh, it's, you know, it's not about me. It's about the audience and Billy D and, and everything. So uh, it should be interesting. We'll see. What uh, what do you, I mean, there's other great panels going on there and there's Marina oh, Sirtis yes, and uh, Michael go. Rooker and uh, people like that. But what do, what are you looking forward to? Um, uh, Marina for sure, because uh, I am a big Star Trek fan. Yeah. Star Trek I, the I next I love Star generation. Wars. Okay, not like 
Tony level of Star Wars, but I, I, I love the Star Wars, but Star Trek, oh, that's where it's at. I know what you mean. So now Deanna Troy, and I'm going to bring my daughter, because we watched Star Trek The Next Generation start to finish together. Nice. It was, it was a father-daughter bonding experience. Yep. So she got mad, because I didn't take her to Regina in the spring to see uh, a reading LeVar Rainbow. Burton there, yeah. yeah. And uh, so now, once she heard, oh, she's like, Dad, you're taking me to that. I need to be Deanna Troy. Yeah. It's uh, though, Speaking of LeVar, I mean, in those panels, it's funny, because I did the, I hosted the mm-hmm. LeVar Burton panel. And uh, there was there's one guy in the audience that just like, you, you know, the Simpsons episode where it's like, how come in episode 35 you, yeah. di- you, did, you didn't recharge the dilithium crystals before, you know? So you get this guy that stands up and I'm watching him because we had had trouble with him before in a previous panel. Uh, and so, you know, I'm riding the line between like, OK, tell him this guy you're done. You have to be careful because there's a crowd of people there. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and you don't want to like humiliate somebody or, or whatever, but it creates this weird, awkward energy. And uh, Lavar, who was kind of cold when you and I met him, mm-hmm. like he was like uh, he was nice enough, but backstage like, it was like it was like ice. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't very like friendly. He wasn't unfriendly, but he wasn't super friendly either. Uh, anyway, he dealt with this guy really well. And uh, but when Lavar and I were walking out, I said like, man, that was like that was really good. And then he suddenly like turned into a ray of sunshine and he was really nice to me and, and really warm and, and he was just saying like yeah there's always like you know there's always one of those people in the crowd that has to show everyone how much they know yep. and blah 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 and like it's like you are so smart you know every yeah. detail about well, and every it's like episode. you're not you're not Jordy LaForge you're LeVar Burton so you don't know why they wasn't, didn't recharge the dilithium crystal like, like because that's what it said in the script yeah exactly yeah yeah why'd you say this well that's what it yeah. said in the script I don't know what yeah. to tell and you I, like. I, I'm not really an engineer like <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know any of this stuff what yeah. oh uh, yeah so what else besides celebrity stuff are you looking forward to um, I've been saving up of course in my art fund mm-hmm. so every year but there is a ton of artists coming that I really need to meet and talk to uh, but Jeremy Hahn who does beauty I'm right. very excited about it um, so Jeremy I apologize in advance for taking so much of your time and yeah, my bad, but... Yeah. yeah, well, I know you and I do this every year. We When we're not busy with the other stuff for, we're doing for Expo, we squeeze in the time to wander around and just, like, look at all the uh, amazing art and stuff. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff going on. A cosplay, a big Lego experience. Uh, uh, there, You know, people sell toys and T-shirts there's and all that T-Rex stuff. There's a T-Rex coming, like the, uh, the gaming area there. They play some yeah. retro games, play board games, like Dragon's Den setting it up. They're doing a bunch of cool stuff. Yeah, but I know uh, I'm with you. I like to come home with a couple of pieces of art every year. Uh, and sometimes art and sometimes even just, like, like movie posters because mm-hmm. there's a lot of that kind of merchandise and stuff there too. So should be really fun. It's, uh, like I said, Saturday, Sunday at Prairie Land. You can uh, learn more or buy tickets for photo ops or just to get in at uh, saskexpo.com. So uh, I think that's about it. Are we yeah. good? So we're going to see all of you at Expo on the weekend. We'll see you there. So uh, that's it for Hank and I, but we're going to pass you back to Jody. Jody, take her away. Thanks, fellas. Yes, we look forward to seeing all of you at Sask Expo this weekend, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah. If you Exciting. haven't got your tickets, you should get tickets. Pretty excited about Sask Expo. I'm going to go see some Billy Dee Williams, and that is going to be a, uh, after seeing the Carrie Fisher, getting that photo with her, I'm going to definitely get the photo with uh, Billy Dee, and yeah, it's exciting. Christmas card is Christmas underway. Christmas card. Every year I have a little special Christmas card to my three friends, and... Yeah, that, that's probably going to be it this year, yeah. Easy, awesome. Easy. 
Awesome. Well, we have Brad Dawson in studio today, and uh, we've talked to Brad before on Punch TV about his collection and stuff, uh, but this is the first time that we've talked about superpowers, so uh, take it away, fellas. Superpowers. Uh, my name is Tony, by the way, and I'm here with my good friend Brad, and today we are talking about superpowers, and I wanted to bring up superpowers because I don't really know a lot about them. It wasn't a actual a toy line that I was into. It came out after the Star Wars phenomenon, and uh, it, before um, Superpowers was actually started by Kenner, if I'm not mistaken, which was the same people that were doing the Star Wars. And th I guess, um, from what I understand is, Brad, the uh, the toys themselves were actually came out after the Mego had the license, so it was a brand new thing. Yeah, doing doing an action figure line of that size was, was relatively new at the time. Um, it, it obviously did well because now every figure is at you know three and a quarter size now it's so it was basically the the counter took over the the line or whatever from me yep. and because of that they they came off with the the same size but didn't it have like weird uh joints and stuff like that did it have like elbow joints and knee joints and stuff like that it as had well, knee, most of them had knees knee joints no elbow joints uh they all had an action you know, feature whether you squeeze the legs and they would do karate chop. The superpowers, that the is super what they're. Powers. So I know I did not know that. I always thought that superpowers would be, you know, the the superheroes of the DC universe, but superpowers was the actual superpowers, and wow, are they lame! I disagree. I thought they were pretty lame. So you squeeze like Flash's legs and his arms go back and forth. No, yes. you, you you squeeze Flash's arms and his legs go back, <laughs> back and forth. Back and forth. There's like the only one I saw that was actually kind of neat is if you squeeze. I think Green Lantern's uh, legs, his, his Green Lantern arm came out. Yes. For his yeah, so that was kind of interesting. Yeah, so. Red Tornado was cool too because he squeezed his arms and his legs spun around simulating yeah. a tornado. Yeah. Um. So yeah, tell me about the, your collection. I know that you have a giant collection right now. You've probably been collecting since the 1984 or pretty much i was a kid when when they first came out so whenever we'd we'd go to town and if i was a good kid that week you know mom would occasionally buy me a superpower um but yeah since then that's been one of the best action figure lines i think in history of action figure lines um so i have all the characters loose um slowly trying to acquire them mint on card um i have all of the vehicles and all the play sets mint in box um, it's just the the artwork on on the packaging is is one of the best parts about it. That's pretty extensive uh, because I know that a lot of these things are are quite expensive to buy. Are you buying them like secondhand eBay or are you finding people in the city that have them or little of both? Um, the the biggest place at the Hall of Justice, um, which is can be the most expensive. I got a smoking deal on eBay from some guy in Europe. And it came, and the thing looked like it came off the store shelf in 1984. Really? Yeah. yeah. It's fun. It's actually fun buying things on eBay. Sometimes it can be very dangerous as far as you don't know where you're going to get, and you can have missing pieces you're not aware of. So is this something that you are um, always pursuing, like to get the whole set? Have you thought about when you're going to stop? Um, I'll stop when I have the full set in box. In box. Yeah, on card, mint and card, on yeah. box. Yeah, it's... Uh, like I said, it's the artwork. Half of it is is the colors and the display. It just it takes me back to my childhood, and it just it looks pretty awesome. Hardest one to get so far. Um, the hardest one to get was a stupid little vehicle that is. It's called the Justice Jogger. Um, it was never in any cartoons. It was never any comic books. 
and its selling feature was you put Superman on it and you wind it up and it's like the little chicken walker from Star Wars. Yeah, because Superman, when his legs are no longer moving yes. and he no longer can fly, he needs a jogger. Yes. So it's like Superman yeah. is geriatric Superman is, is what it is. It yes. is. Yep. So, yeah. I saw pictures of that and I thought that was pretty hilarious. It's one of the most ridiculous ones. Yeah, yes. without a doubt. Okay, but at the same time, I've seen some pretty cool like ships as well. Like, so Superman has a ship that he can fly. Yeah, the yeah. Uh, Supermobile. Yeah, um, because and then, because you know Superman needs to have a ship to fly outer space at this point. When Lex Luthor has yeah. his Lexor Seven that has Kryptonite in it, that's yeah. when Superman needs the Supermobile. Exactly. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that ties in perfectly. Yes. Um, yeah. The the Batmobile was always one of my favorites. Uh, my I still have my Batmobile that I got when I was, what, seven or eight years old. Um, also, I got one mint in box as well. Um, the Batcopter was another super cool one that was super hard to find. Yeah. Um, you know, just all of, all of the vehicles were really well designed and just pretty cool. Okay, so right now I know that the, so is it, the, which is the one that was, uh, the Wave 3 came out in 1986, but it was really hard to get because it wasn't released in the United States or Canada. It was like more of an, a European release, I think, because the, the Wave or the, the, the people just weren't buying them anymore. It was released in very small amounts in North America. Yeah. So what yeah. do you have from that Wave? Do you, you, I got them all. You got them all. Yep. Wow. Okay. So which one? What's the silver guy? Uh, the silver guy. What's his name? The Cyborg. <laughs> Cyborg. <laughs> He's uh, silver. Yes. So that is one of the harder ones to get. Yeah. Do you have one mint on card on that? Or? Uh, I have a Mexican one mint on a card. A Mexican, like, yeah. Yes. So when people say Mexican, it doesn't mean that it was like, a, it was still produced by Kenner, but it was actually released yeah. in Mexico. Yeah. yeah so. There's a couple of smaller companies in Mexico and, and down south, like far down south that, that got the license for superpowers yeah. and... They uh, they actually did a pretty good job. They aren't bootlegs, but they're they're officially licensed. Yeah. Superpowers. Are they close? Are they close to the same uh, quality that you would get? Or? Oh, easy. Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah. There's. Like, yeah. They 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 released one um, a Batman one that came out in 1989 to coincide with the movie, and it's exactly the same as the the, the blue and gray Batman, but it's all black. Yeah. And that one that one is also super hard to get. Okay, so you're buying your superpowers, uh, and did this like start right out? Were you buying the Star Wars before that, and then it just kind of same size, or were you like a GI Joe guy at that same time? Or um, growing up, just because when it came out, um, I would have been five or six when when superpowers started. So that was kind of the the first toys we got. You know, me and my brothers would get GI Joe, um, some He Man, some Transformers, but superpowers was you know superpowers and GI Joes were probably the main ones we got. Yeah, so the your superpowers to you is my Star Wars because that's exactly. how yeah. Yep. So that's how I kind of grew up as well. So yep. Okay, so Dark Seed is he one of the characters? No, but I think it's his evil twin, Dark Side. Dark that, Seed. Uh, so there yeah. you go. I've always thought it was Dark Seed, and I'm hearing now for the first time ever that it's Dark Side. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. it's, it's yeah. Dark Side. So there you go. All right, man. Thank you very much. For okay, coming I have out. I have a question. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Um, so when you get the figures from Mexico, is, is everything in Spanish or is it like English on the packages? It's it's usually um, there's both. I think it's it's got the. I'd, I'd have to double check now. That's a good question. I. I couldn't even tell you, <laughs> but the some of it is in English and some of it is in Spanish, because it's it's got the the super amigos instead of super powers, and um, yeah, like it's 
but there is English on it. See, the Canadian ones also have Canadian, have Canadian, have French and and English on them as well. So, right. And they are also so. There's like a little subset of people that actually collect Canadian cards. People yeah. that collect the yeah. So the um, the Canadian cards are a nicer card. They're they're shinier. Yes. But um, the American cards only has the English on it, which aesthetically looks nicer. Yeah, exactly. The French and the English sometimes it co- it covers up the bubble yep. on them covers up a lot of the actual art, and that's kind of what people are saying. Yep. Also. Okay, and what is your most coveted piece in your collection? Like either it's for nostalgic reasons or it's just Dark super seed. rare. What is what is your favorite piece um, in your collection? You know what? It it has to be Superman. Um, for some reason, I'm I'm a Batman guy now. I'm I'm a very much a Batman guy now. But but growing up, whenever we went to the store. I would ask mom to buy me a Superman and I think I had like probably five Superman growing up and it was like that was the guy. Um, the Batman one is, is pretty cool and the Batmobile was was still is my favorite favorite vehicle from that line. Yeah. Cool. Well, you thank you for sharing your yeah, insights you about superpowers. Um, it's, Thanks for having you know, me. It's something kind of special. So cool. Bring right. your dark seed next time you come. <laughs> I, I'll see if I can find one. Thank All you. right. All right. Well, next up we have Brennan, and uh, we are going to talk about podcasts. And do you want to break the big news, Brennan? Oh, uh, breaking headline. This would be a good time for some typewriter noises, Tony. Uh, So talking about podcasts and podcasts you should check out as of this week, Punch Radio is now a podcast that you can find on Apple. That's right. You can go to Apple. Uh, Apple uh, Podcasts, and you can find us. And I can prove you can find us because I just subscribed to the show right before we started. So Good job. Uh, make sure that and, – and if you're listening to us on the podcast right now, how meta is that? That maybe you're listening to it for the first time as a podcast while Whoa. I announce that we're now a podcast. So there you go. So after you go to Sask Expo and check out the Holy Batuzi Bat Pal at Saturday at 1 p.m., uh, make sure you check out uh, Punch Radio as a podcast. So as someone who's been talking a lot about music and things, I thought I would change things a little bit. I go for about an hour or so walk a day and podcasts I love to tune in and listen to. That way I can time how far I'm going. And whenever I mention to people I like podcasts, uh, inevitably the next question is, oh, which ones do you listen to? So I was thinking of some podcasts that people who listen to the show might like to tune in and check out. So in no particular order. Probably my absolute favorite one that I recommend to everyone is How Did This Get Made? So good. So good. If you are a fan of movies and comedy and great movies and bad movies, just listen to it. It's really funny. Uh, it's Paul Shear, um, June Diane Rayfield, and Jason Mazukas, and they watch movies and they talk about it and riff on it. Sometimes they have special guests. Sometimes they've even had people on the movie make appearances. Originally, they used to do them just as a podcast in the studio, and now they do it as a live show, and the live shows are hilarious. So if you like movies and comedy, that's definitely one to check out. Their uh, episode where they discuss Roadhouse. Like, obviously, I'm biased because I adore Roadhouse, but it is especially funny and good. There's, there's some great moments in that episode. And a couple of weeks ago, they just did uh, Drop Dead Fred. That oh. has been considered the most controversial episode because some people who saw it as a kid loved that movie. And it actually caused a rift between the hosts, between oh. who loved it and who. It's hilarious. Go check it out. If you like movies, another one that has uh, Paul shared it is called Unspooled. So this one is Paul Shear with movie critic Amy Nicholson, and they're going through AFI's top 100 movies of all time, so the American Film Institute list from 2007, because that's the last one they did, and they're watching 
every movie on the AFI list, and then they talk about it, should this movie be on the list, and, and why shouldn't, shouldn't it be? Um, again, if you're a movie person, then they uh, find people that worked on the movie and interview them, and, and that type of thing. So that's another one that I enjoy a lot. Um, there was a short, a short series called uh, The Gateway, and it's a, a documentary about Teal Swan. Uh, Teal Swan was a controversial uh, self-help guru and psychologist who ended up having some followers who had committed suicide, and some people were blaming her for it, and she said, well, sometimes that's the only answer. Uh, very controversial, but it's, it's fascinating listening. There's mm. only about six or seven episodes, um, but that one you can, you can get through quite quickly, and it's really good. If you're a Kevin Smith fan, there is Fat Man Beyond. It's Kevin Smith and Mark Menarden, and they talk about what's happening in pop culture from show to show, and then take questions and answers. The Fat Man Beyond can run anywhere from an hour and a half to two and a half hours, depending on how much they talk. If you've ever seen Kevin Smith live, he <coughs> will, uh, an hour and a half show will be like three questions. So if you like Kevin Smith or are a pop culture fan, uh, this one will really keep you in tuned on what is going on. Uh, Crime Town is a documentary series where they will take a specific city and talk about the famous crime activity and mafia activity that was happening during that time. Right now they're doing Detroit and Ooh. they will, same thing, it's a, a combination of interviews with people that were there as well as the news footage and, and radio updates and, and that type of thing. Mogul, if you're a music person, focus specifically on hip hop and the history behind that. The season one, and I forget his name, was a hip hop producer that was found uh, uh, killed in his mansion and it was ruled a suicide, but of course everyone's like, no, it was a murder, and I can't think of the name. And so that was season one. Season two, they're talking about uh, NWA and music censorship and how that affected culture and that type of thing. So if you're interested in hip hop documentaries or music, uh, check that one out. Undercover Capes podcast is a great comic podcast. It's a collection of different podcast uh, people that come together and do different interviews and different topics on comics and things. That is also a good one. This is super rapid fire, I know, but write this down if you're not right now. Out of the Fridge is a podcast that they go through comics uh, from a feminist perspective and how they deal with, with people and other issues and that type of thing. When I first started listening to it, I liked what they talked about, but I found the pacing a little bit long and they would meander. And so I'd find I kept tuning out. And then a friend of mine suggested that if you listen to it at one and a half times yep. faster. And I do that, and I love it way much more just because it clips along at a better pace. So check out Out of the Fridge. If you're a fan of Gilbert Gottfried, and even if you're not, check out Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast. It's Gilbert Gottfried and John Santo Padre, I think I'm saying that right. And they interview celebrities from old Hollywood, character actors, a lot of the actors that you know and haven't, you don't remember them, that's who they like to talk to. Or they try to find people that were in the industry cent centuries ago, decades ago, um, older celebrities who might be passing away soon um, to kind of keep all these old Hollywood stories alive and, and well. So that uh, if you're interested in that, and it's, it's, if you like Gilbert Gottfried, I just started listening to it because of him and it is hilarious. He does more impersonations of random B celebrities than you could ever imagine. Uh, Penn Jillette has Penn Sunday School. If you're not a Penn Jillette fan, you probably won't like this podcast. If you are a Penn Jillette fan, this was one of the first podcasts I actually started looking into just because I like Penn and Teller. 
and he just tackles a whole bunch of topics. Um, sometimes it's topical, sometimes it's about whatever he wants to talk about that day. Uh, every Sunday, it's called Penn Sunday School. Um, if you like Penn Jillette, definitely check that one out. There is Pistol Shrimps Radio, which is uh, two comedians. Pistol Shrimps is a rec LA female basketball team, and they do the coverage of their game, and then they just crack jokes and about it the whole time. Really, it's hilarious. They also did a special episode about the uh, American Spelling Bee Championship. Ooh. So okay. there you go. Those are lots of options. Go check them out and Punch Radio on Apple. Okay, you have 30 seconds, Tony. I know you listen to a lot of podcasts. What do you recommend? Oh, um, you know, the biggest one I listen to is uh, Cantina Chatter. Uh, it's just about Star Wars and toys, uh, which I like. It's pretty mellow. She's really a mellow person, and you can kind of like just listen to it and fall asleep. Um, uh, Blast Points is a little more exciting. It's all Star Wars. Uh, quite enjoy it. And uh, believe it or not, there's something called uh, Retro Blasting. It's not a podcast, but it's on YouTube. And they do all kinds of uh, fixing toys and cleaning toys and all about retro, you know, um, retro blasting toys. <laughs> okay. I'll add those to my list. Those sound great. Excellent. Okay. Thanks, guys. Um, that pretty much wraps up a Punch Radio for the week. Um, <laughs>